Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about fear and things you can do about that imaginary little critter. And it is imaginary. And this is a that. particularly good day, as both Mary and I are bin to begin with, so this is uh, 11th tone bin today. Mm -hmm. And 11th tone is about manifestation, and Ben is the tribe that unites the pillars of heaven and earth. So often they're channelers. They usually gather lots of information. And very, very talkative about it. And we're it. very talkative about it, for sure. So between the two of us, we'll go on forever. I dissolve in order to explore, releasing wakefulness. So if you've dissolved something today, that's what you were doing, releasing wakefulness. I seal the output of space with the spectral tone of liberation, that's the 11 tone information. And um, so it is about freeing yourself today. I'm guided by my own power doubled, especially after I sat down on that battery. God. <laughs> it was doubled, I'm telling you. Okay, so speaking of fear, fear of sitting on batteries, fear in general. Speaking of those, you know the nine volt batteries, I remember my brothers would say, Touch it with your tongue, and it would zap you. Did anybody else do that when they were kids? That was an early taser. Yeah. It was a tongue taser of way back. A tongster. Yeah. Yes, I see that. Well, and it would be today made being a day of manifesting your decisions, mm -hmm. I think that's a good um, time to talk about fear, because fear really is our imaginary enemy, our imaginary friend. Something that, that happened um, that really illustrated the nature of fear and how it clouds our mind and makes us create stories of intrigue in our head. And we all experience fear. We have, we do, and it's not a matter of beating ourselves up for it, but it's a matter of learning from it and growing. We have two cats. One cat is a very laid-back cat that really gets nonplussed. Is that the word? Um, it, not very... Uh, uh, doesn't get real excited about anything. And then the other cat is constantly, perpetually, like living in this drama. Like, I, I think of him as like an imaginary 007 in his head. So if you're walking somewhere, he'll get in front of you and run and look back as if you're chasing him. And he's always got this drama going on where he's being chased or something, even though there's no threat at all. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we get in that kind of a mindset and it's especially created in the workplace. And I think that's one of the areas that it's very, very important to not play the game. And if you're an employer, don't use that technique to get people to work hard because you literally are taking years off their life. We told the story uh, about the experiment with rats, which I do not approve of. I'm just giving you the story of what they found from this where they would drop them in an aquarium. They would swim until they couldn't swim any longer, and they'd pull them out. And they did this to them for several weeks. And after they died, they did a, the autopsy on its little body and found that it, the organs had aged as if it lived a full three-year lifespan, or whatever their lifespan is. And that's what stress does to it. It's the number one cause of death. It's the resistance. It's the thing that makes us grow old. And that fear in our body is something we can do something about. We can it be is. Lila or we can be Alex. It's really our choice. Those are the two cats, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the thing. We, um, 
spend an entire lifetime without ever recognizing the fact that we assign value to everything. Every experience we have, we assign value. And the language that we've been taught to speak, we are very prone to dis uh, assigning a negative value to things. There are probably more words that would describe fear than would describe peace. Mm -hmm. More words that <clears throat> would describe stress than would describe joy, et cetera, et cetera. So the language is, is loaded against us, as I'm always talking about the language and the understanding of it. So fear, the difference between fear and information is the level of consciousness that you're holding. In other words, if you had a very high level of consciousness, the arrow coming at you, recently launched by an archer, no doubt, coming at you would be the opportunity to see how good you are at martial arts. And like that. Dodging. Yeah, just knocking the Wonderful. arrow away from you. Uh, your timing would have to be ideal. Nonetheless, you could certainly do that but your fear would freeze you up and you would go arrow, dunk, rather than arrow, dunk. Huh? Okay, so the difference between fear and information is the level of consciousness. Well, that's interesting that you use that example because oftentimes when it is that immediate thing where something's coming at us, mm -hmm. our mind it doesn't have time to respond. So our hand naturally would avert that. Yes, the, it, the body it knows would how do to it. bypass it. Mm -hmm. It's when we are anticipating freeze. something that we usually freeze up. Yeah, and that doesn't work very well for us. Uh, we are designed really quite divinely. In the unknown situation, you will instantaneously can't measure the smallness of that amount of time, you will instantly know exactly what to do. And in an equally small amount of time, you will doubt that. And if it's a fear situation, that'll freeze you up, and then you won't do, you won't Aikido the arrow. You could knit it or something, but Aikido, not so much. So the idea of us taking back the night, taking back our life, taking back our power, our joy, our sovereignty, etc., is something we can come to grips with. It is not difficult to do. It is to outgrow that old doubt. Uh, you know, everything's against me. Everybody, you know, the rude people in the world are, are not interesting, but they seem to have more play than, than the ones that are doing positive things. You know, we would pay more attention to someone insulting us than we would pay attention to someone attempting to show us how to change. Well, that's why for us to pursue the idea and find and allow ourselves to attain it, mm -hmm. the idea of consciousness, the people being rude or whatever, it's, I remember one time I was at Montgomery Ward. Do you remember when that was in existence? Yes. Uh, I was trying on shoes and I was over by where the shoes are. There wasn't any other place to do it. And some older couple walked by and they had such a look of disapproval and made these like comments to each other that I shouldn't be trying on shoes there or something. And I remember at the time, I thought, oh, and, and our first response to that kind of a judgment is to act guilty. Even if we have not done anything wrong, we review over and over and judge our performance in it. And that's what really keeps us up at night. It's not that we're angry at that person. It's that they triggered our own personal sense of guilt. Oh, yeah, always. But 
I realized that that was the only power that they felt they had is to disapprove of someone. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where instead of validating that and saying, okay, yes, you, you, you have power over me because you're disapproving of me, maybe it's to work toward feeling powerful without disapproving of other people, without judging other people. I, I think that it's a tendency that everybody has, but that's a new way to look at it. How many times in your day and in your life are you attempting to control and manipulate the situation or other people through withholding approval or outright disapproval? Oh, virtually I see all it all of the it. time. It's like yeah. a gas and a brake pedal for people mm -hmm. is this approval thing. I'm going to step well, on the gas and move forward by disapproving of this and approving of that. Our society has gotten to the point where disapproval has much more authority than approval. Exactly as my our, point. Yeah, yeah, as our barista said, um, Edward, uh, said, uh, happiness, where's the leverage? You know, other than um, O.J. Simpson, could you name someone else that was declared innocent? And the only reason you can remember O.J. Simpson is you knew he was guilty. And that's, that's why that sticks in there, but you, you cannot name anybody who was acquitted. You cannot name anybody who got off because it doesn't hold interest. Guilty people, God, you know, how, how many TV shows are there criminal mimes all the way to um, uh, SUV or whatever the name is, crimevictimsunit.com in their band. You know, oh, there's a thousand cop shows that show you the bad guy, show the bad guy beaten up, show justice done, and this somehow is satisfying to us, but only because it's, you don't see, the shows are not popular where it's, this guy's doing something, he's planting flowers. No, no airtime. Nobody will watch that. Nobody's interested in that. This person has discovered the cure to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He did cold fusion in the sink. You don't know his name. You don't know who it is. Your batteries aren't the, running on cold fusion. The acquittals that you are uh, familiar with are, are ones where the person was probably guilty but got off. Rather yeah, and that's the only or, reason it kept your interest. And that's the way we're designed to think. Well, and that's a very guilty way to think. And I'll talk about that in a sec because it's with fear. Oh, sure, sure. Well, I, I feel that the media and the commercial world will sell what we buy. Yeah. And until we stop buying fear, it's going to keep selling it and we're going to pay a premium and not just with dollars, but with our own life force and with our health. Mm -hmm. So the more you say no to the programming that harms and causes a state of fear, the more you're going to be at peace and gain the things that you're killing yourself in order to find. For instance, I mean, we have so much power, and I was I was um, seeing recently that whole thing came out in the media about pink slime. Ah, uh, yes. There's the, the the animal byproducts that they irradiate or they spray ammonia gas on, and turn it into some kind of play-doughy thing that they mix with the ground beef, and 70% mm -hmm. of stores sell it. Well, <laughs> everybody's like uh, saying, mm, "Let's go have hamburgers." Well. I think it was amazing because Safeway, just upon hearing that and getting letters, decided that they weren't going to sell it anymore. Now, that's because public opinion was strong enough. Right. Look how much organic food is in regular grocery stores now. Mm -hmm. We have so much power, and it's, it's called vote. the power of where you spend yeah. your money, mm -hmm. and that's a metaphor over the power of where you place your attention. 
you're not powerless. So we don't have to go disapproving of people and sitting in the armchair and criticizing the government, criticizing mm -hmm. everybody as if they are a they, and that's yeah. only power. Well, that's we, true. We have power to do something. Yeah, if we want to do away with uh, gas and oil, uh, let's buy out the French. They build a car that runs on air. Like, you've, it's, you know what an air tool is. No, that's not what I meant. Um, you know, where it runs on compressed air, like a drill, for example. Well, the French have a car that runs on compressed air, and on board the car is an air compressor. So once you light that puppy up, you could drive to Mars, depending on the roads, but still, you could drive around the planet while well, the wet spots. You could certainly drive up and down say some... It was guinea pigs jumping on a bellows. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see, but no, the, this is a design thing that's, that's very real. If you want to have an American car use designing like this, never, ever again buy a gasoline car. Well, that's all that's available, yes, until... We just refuse to go along with that. We're, we're waiting for the government to do this. No, 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 let's us do it. Now, there's, um, Lazarus was teaching what is to me a very brilliant concept, and this is in the category. It's sort of the opposite of fear. Um, Lazarus was saying that uh, we are brought up to expect that love will carry us. Uh, rainbows and unicorns will come and, and just lift us up and carry us into this magical land where everything is just... Or there's the idea of we as individuals agreeing to become mature enough to carry love with us. In other words, if you carry love into a situation, you can obviate any extremity that's going on there just by virtue of having a loving attitude towards it. But we are so trained. We have, we have circuits that we're going to have to reincarnate to rewrite no, not really, because we can rewrite them. But we can choose to recognize our arbitrary assignment of right and wrong to things, and then our knee-jerk, unconscious, chemical response to certain things that just doing just fine, and bang, there it is, angry. There it is, angry, yelling, blah, blah, blah. And that was chemical. That just took over. How did that happen? And so we reset and we do it again. And this has been a very kind life in that we've been a allowed to um, constantly upgrade our choice of response. A very important thing because it is arbitrary, our response to situations. Um, name the worst thing that ever happened. Well, whoever did that worst thing did so uh, for the benefit of the, per of the victim. There's another whole rant, victims, no such thing as a victim. It's used so commonly it's now called a vic, you know, but still, this concept. Well, I think where the power lies in understanding ah. fear, I used to think that fear was doing something to preserve myself or to save myself or to help another person, that that fear was actually a preventative measure. And I think that the moment I realized that fear is not preventing anything, that fear is in fact keeping me out of the moment and yeah. keeping me from seeing what I would best be served to see or to do, that that was really powerful to me. And I didn't have to get on the train because fear is always an inside job. Fear is looking at the divine from a low level of frequency yeah, band, yeah. but it's still looking at the divine. And when you know that and say, hey, 
uh, I'm going to move up. It's, it's like I've said for years, when it's time to leave a job and you don't leave, you start getting bored, and if that doesn't happen, then your boss starts getting demanding, and if, that, if you still don't go, then your coworkers come, to, uh, your angels come disguised as demonic coworkers to kick your butt out of there. I think that those lower levels only happen when we're not hearing the levels up higher. So when we become more conscious, that gets us to the place where we hear it up here, and it's just our angels carrying us to our next thing. Yeah. In uh, 2000, I wrote the original Language Codes book, and I did Fear as a chart, which is apparently on page 28. Uh, and it, the chart's basically saying that the first thing you have to do is recognize that it's a fear. If you don't recognize it as a fear, you respond to it chemically. You respond to it subconsciously. You do not respond to it. You react to it. And, that can, and that's where you just just you know, frightened, you know, a home alone, you know, that kind of thing. So it says that we train our minds to recognize the fear thought, and that's any thought that makes you feel badly. Mm -hmm. Now that's an unbelievable search engine to light up in your brain. I feel badly about this. Well, then it's not interesting. It's not worthy of my attention. Yeah. It's going to turn out to be fiction. It's also going to turn out to be something that's on my side. It's going to turn out to be a plus. It always does. So to replace that and how long the delay is is directly germane to the amount of how evolved we are. You know, and, and we're always getting more evolved and it's, it's a cycle that we've all agreed to. So the quicker I can get to the point of recognizing, even though all that looked like a body of evidence I'm used to interpreting as fear, it is really something that's on my side. And then I won't have to be uh, I can just dismiss fear thoughts, but it is in the recognition of it that's so important. That's the enzyme that has to come up online. You well, it's like removing that domino out yeah. of that big string of dominoes mm -hmm. so that when this one falls, you have a moment to consider before the, yeah. if you want to cascade that down. Um, I know sometimes people say, well, there are times if there's a a huge dog chasing you that wants to eat you or a lion or something, the fear gives you all this added adrenaline and, and you run. And yes, there is a fear response of the body. And I, I don't know how much of that really is anything that, that we require for any kind of purpose anymore. But well, by Roy, looking yeah. at it and saying, is this a fear, being in the moment look or a real threat, then you're going to be more... Um, going to be more able to respond accordingly instead of reacting. So a fear is the divine looked at through a panic lens, one yeah, could say, yeah. or a lower vibrational frequency Definitely. lens. Yeah. So if you look at it from a higher place, meaning that you're not from that frequency that you're saying, I'm powerless, then you will find a way to utilize that fear. Uh, one thing that, that I've said for a long time, which I think would um, come in handy to talk about right now, is a way to approach fear is how I did it for a number of years. If I was having a fear, I removed myself from it by imagining that it was a little puppy or something tiny and cute. And I said, come on, my old friend fear, come up in my lap and tell me what you have to say. Mm -hmm. By doing that, I was doing multiple things. I was becoming bigger than the fear, and that meant the fear did not control me anymore or tell me how to respond or tell me how to react 
or anything like that. And then I also was in a position of listening to it because I feel that when it gets to the level of a fear, it's still trying to tell you something. It's attempting to get your attention and has been for a long time in very subtle, gentle ways. And, and I didn't hear it, I didn't hear it, and now it's a full-blown fear. Now it's time for me to really listen to it. So by me saying, my old friend fear, come sit and talk to me, I'm also acknowledging that I'm not afraid of my fear because it's really you being afraid of the fear. Yeah. It was shown to me in a meditation many mm -hmm. years ago that yeah. fear is like a radiator that has heat coming out of it. And you can stand close, of it, close to it and feel like it's you, the heat or the fear, or you can step back and realize it's radiating out of something that does not belong to you, that is not real, and that you can just walk away from it. So by saying, what do you have to tell me, it can say, I am afraid that I will be abandoned and so I am afraid to tell my boss how I feel or I am afraid I'll starve to death. What that does is it starts letting you see what your core belief is that's creating that fear to begin with. So you don't have to go battling that little fear over and over and over again. Yeah, you well, can fix fear, it. You yeah. can adjust it, update it, whatever. And calling it your old friend really does raise your consciousness yeah. about it. Yeah. And that's our whole point is to raise consciousness above the baseline response Well, you have a fear. technique, too, yes. that I think is a very powerful one, the snapping your fingers. Oh, yeah. If you that's, don't mind sharing that, I think that's another way. Not that either one of these are better or well, worse. Different times are going to call for different ones, so. In recognizing that you're having a fear, and that is the technique, if you just go, fear gone, okay, you can get that into such an automatic response. The reason you snap your fingers is to get the physical body in on, no, I don't have to do that. Then it's like throwing a switch. There's an echo in the studio. Yeah, they're all over the place. Okay, da, so. Da, da, da. Yeah. Da, 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 da. So, da, da, da. and who said da, the, da, da, da. the radiating fear is the iPad 3? But still, um, that's sort of an inside joke, inside iPad, that is. But that's another story. All completely. jokes are inside. Yes, except for the outside jokes, which usually have to do with a moose and, and two elk, but still. Uh, Walking into a bar one night. Yes. Although what happened after that, no one's certain. But if you are, you can certainly email us. Where was I? Oh, fear, yeah. Fear is uh, something, as you were saying, will take your guts, just turn them to leather. And the idea is we're bigger than that we have sovereignty over that. We do not recognize, and it's absolutely true, and we've said it a billion times on this show, you create what percent of your life? <coughs> what, per <coughs> what percent of your life do you create? Yes, you create all of your life. What percent of the time do you know that you create all of your, the other one? I recognize that I uh, create 100% of my life about 1% of the time. At least it used to be like that. But you can, you can up that number, you can, and that's what we came here to do, practice. Yes, Carnegie Hall, you know the jokes. To get to the point where we no longer choose fear as our response, to get to the point where we recognize that what's going on is a decision I've made to get to the point that we are sovereign of our reality and to quit fooling around about it 
or would you prefer to fool around about it? There's, you know, this incarnation, next incarnation, one of these times you're going to make the decision to be sovereign and to begin to create reality as in telling things what to do and they do it. But that's totally against everything we've been taught. Well, you were talking about lifting people up. So if you lift up your aunt, is that called upping the ante? Yes. Uh, and auntie would like that, yes, more than she might, given her age. But still, the idea of being in charge of your life. How long is this going to take till we quit fooling around with the idea? Uh, how long till uh, people that are ignorant and, and make stupid comments are not interesting? Um, we do the uh, mirror technique, which is the idea that Whatever the other person says to me, good or bad, whatever it says to me, they are really reflecting themselves, totally. If someone insults me, then I know a lot about them that I don't want, you know, to necessarily cut their head off instantly just because I could. You know, insult me and I'll know way too much about you, okay? Now, if you don't pay attention to what other people say to you, if you instead pay attention to what you think about other people, you will suddenly see what you think about you. In other words, if I don't like that guy because he's homeless, then I know that I don't like the part of me that could make the decision to render myself homeless in this lifetime. I don't like that part of me. Therefore, I believe, think, have the idea that I don't like the homeless person. But the reality of it is I don't like the part of me that could make that decision. So if you will pay attention to what it is you don't like about people without saying anything, pay attention to what you don't like about people, you'll find the mirror, you'll find the method by which you can improve you without having to um, be quite so verbose about not being improved, without having to go through the, uh, so you just look in the mirror of self. And, we are everyone, as much as we love to believe the I thing of things, but it's actually time for our first caller. Oh, yes, did you have something? Go ahead. Hi, caller, what's your name? Uh, hi, this is Carol. I've called before. Hi, Carol. Hi. What can we do How for you? How are you? Better uh, and better. I uh, hope not to make this too complicated. But, too late. Uh, obviously, I've listened to you in the past, and it seems to me that if other people are causing you problems, whether at work or within a family dynamic, that your attitude is live and let live or love thy brother, et cetera, et cetera. Is that correct? Well, yeah, but we wanted to put a few more dimensions into it. Go well, ahead. I, I have... Okay, um, well, let me, let me, let me okay, try that's, as oh, brief as I... Okay. Are you there? Let me try and tell you as briefly as I can. Sure. Uh, a letter from a sister whom uh, uh, months ago uh, I criticized on some issue in, a, in another family dynamic, who's a, uh, alienated herself from all family members, a critical behavior, uh, had a brother who died, and she never called him when he was dying because 25 years ago he stole a bicycle of hers. So we're talking about someone who doesn't take things lightly, yeah. is not forgiving. And so months ago I made a criticism of this person, and now the, the gun is turned back on me. Oh, right. And I, uh, okay. And her husband calls me on the QT trying to make amends, 
And now the letter that I got today was very, very damning, accusing me of being an alcoholic and making outrageous statements. I am, I, I have not done either. Um, what is my tact here? What, okay, what do I do? Let's address this. So doesn't doesn't fly, doesn't go on trains because of terrorists. Uh, is an animal hoarder uh, and does not allow his children to visit the house. Uh, kind of a loner, kind of. Uh, now we're where, still where talking about the sister. Okay. All right, the loving response, the thing that you can do is to first validate your sister, something Mary taught me. Uh, if you will say, well, sis, I understand, you're pissed about the bike, you're upset about this, that, okay, then she no longer has to resist you. You see what I'm saying? Yes, but she's told me not to ever call the house again, oh, not that, to ever make any contact with her. Wait, she doesn't oh. know, she is not... Pardon me, and I love everyone involved in this. She's not really confident to make a decision like that. As a matter of fact, that is her saying, please call me. You understand that? Uh, no, I don't, but if you say so, okay. Well, one, one way to look at it, the opposite of love is not hate. It, it is indifference, yeah. really. And that if there's a lot of feelings like that, Neville's exactly right. The more you tangle with someone, as a matter of fact, I feel one of the things to do before we die, the bucket list or whatever, is to go with anybody you still have a harmony with and just say, okay, nothing. Let, let that be clear, uh, meaning uh, cleared rather than clear. Yeah. I, I feel that the playground that we really come here to experience everything in and the playground that we came here to learn about ourselves is in our relationships with other people. One morning I woke up hearing the only eyes we cannot look, look into are our own, and that's why we act as mirrors for each other. And it's true. It's like we're looking in everybody's eyes, attempting to find some approval that really is our own approval of ourself, seeing ourselves what is, reflected. What is, this, what is this overt well, tendency to criticize everything that other people okay, do? What well, is this the is, problem here? Well, this is what I'm getting at, if, if that's all right. I just was giving the, a preface here for those that um, may have be hearing this concept for the first time. It could be anything, but here's my take on it. She feels that totally out of control, number one. So there's a big control thing where she has to control what other people are thinking and doing all the time. And perhaps it is from something early on. Maybe it was about the bike, somebody stealing a bike. I know it was more than that, but let's say it was the bike. Feeling that she can't trust her loved ones. And so she gets a pair of glasses that make her loved ones look untrustworthy. And so she really doesn't want to feel that way, but she's terrified to let those glasses down because she's misguidedly believing that that's keeping her safe. So she's reaching out to you to knock those glasses off her head just as strongly as she's reaching out for you to get out of there because you're dangerous. And yes, there's nothing we can really do about that except observe that that's her drama. And then what we can do is work on our own. There's some kind of uh, you getting, maybe you have a history of standing up for people or, or bringing clarity and you've been persecuted for that. And so then that triggers buttons within you. Now the only power we really have is to look at the buttons it triggers within us. The fact that I'm angry at her and I'm mad at her because she's being unfair, like maybe it was a history of a lot of people being unfair, that this is all being snowballed into a big thing. Uh, whatever it is, that would be for you to decide, but understanding where she's coming from. 
does not mean that you condone it or that you are consenting to become engaged in that for okay. the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. I would say, I respect you, I love you, and I would give you whatever I could to help you not be so suspicious. I would love to knock those glasses off your head, but you're holding on to them too tightly, so uh, I'm going to go stand over here and live my life and work on what's keeping me caring that you're still like this. And, and I don't mean caring, but I mean... In yeah, well, you're it is not, it's not, uh, not going on a bus or a train because of terrorists or flying. Is that also working mm -hmm. into the suspicion of everybody? Suspicion? Of course. Yeah. I mean, to me, if I were working with your sister, I would work right on that in, uh, initial fear of it being a dangerous world yeah. and work on that okay. and help her. But you may not be her healer. But you have, you be, you know, whatever you have to do to find the healing within yourself to say, I can't heal her because she's not receiving this now. Yeah. So I have to look after myself and energetically remove myself out of that situation. So what do I do, back off? I would back off completely and don't try to change her through direct confrontation because all that does is make her hold onto those glasses tighter. Sometimes it's like that Chinese thumb puzzle. The more you pull, the more you're engaged in that puzzle. This is where you just allow and you don't take it personally because it's about her own fear and actually it gets you to a place where you have deep compassion for her and yeah, deep compassion for you because mm -hmm. you attempting to get that love back that she is withholding is just you playing the manipulation of that judgment where we think we have control over each other. Mm -hmm. When people withhold love from us, it makes us withhold love from ourselves. So your only job here is to find where you're withholding love from yourself in regard to your sister's response and give it back to yourself and commit to yourself you'll never do it again. Yeah, and the sisters decided very much to live a life of resistance. Uh, this is about not as extreme as we've ever seen, uh, but she will resist everything all the time, everywhere. And to get around that, to not be resisted by her, is to allow, is to let the flowing flow. You know, and we're saying the same thing, slightly different points of view, but, but it's this, really this an identical message. But the only unfortunate, folks, the only unfortunate thing about this incident is we're all getting older. Uh, I'm 73. She's in her 60s. Uh, she has thrown so many family members under the bus for, for small reasons, for nothing big, like I said, with the bicycle sort of situation. Yeah. yeah. So at, at what point do you say, wait, life is getting short. Well, we that's, that, you here. say it right now, and it's yeah. not abandoning her, but it's picking you up. And there's mm -hmm. a big difference between resisting and fighting and throwing her away. What it's doing is taking your attention and pulling it back into what's real. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's just like sh if, if she had broken legs and couldn't walk. And, and we want, get up and walk, get up and walk, but her legs are broken. It's like after a while we would say, well, I'm not going to even t attempt to get her to get up and walk. I am going to get somebody else to walk with me, whatever I need, wanted from her to begin with. And just not look at her as somebody that has the power of a healthy person. And I think that that might be where some of the harmony is with you. And this happens to all of us where we see people. And this was a lesson that took me, and I'm still learning, by the way, but it took yeah. me many years to figure out. I see people, and they're hurting. And I have such deep compassion. I always go and say, let me help you. I know I can help you. And all it does is make them pull against me and fight. And then yeah. I feel like I have to grab right. tighter. And then one day I realized, if I reach out, and give the love to the person and they throw it down, 
then it's the metaphor of the pearls before swine. Not that anybody's a swine or that yeah, anybody's pearls, but it's just they're not ready for it. It's like giving a scalpel to a child. It's like, okay, I, I respect the fact that you're not ready for that, and I will hold it over here for the time when you are ready, if I am to be the person to give it to and you. And when love is offered and refused, which is the situation here, it's very important for the individual to pull that love back so that it can be spent in a different place, in a different way. So not to withdraw from her, not to play the game back in again, uh, but just yeah. simply to withdraw and say, well, you know, uh, this won't be our only lifetime together. That's and apparently a good point too. we're going to be <coughs> siblings <coughs> in a future life, <coughs> although we wouldn't necessarily have to if we could just resolve this. But um, say, by the way, uh, you may or may not be recording this at, at this moment, but uh, Mary's likely to put this particular show, it's number 610, uh, up in the archives within the next few days. You may want to download that and copy a disc of it so that you can uh, play this thing three or four times, or 10 or 20 times, until uh, this method of thinking that we're talking about becomes well, second nature to you. It's true, and people have <clears throat> to do it themselves, too. Yeah. Ultimately, our healing has to be um, originate within ourselves, and, and we help each other. And, and all that, but ultimately, we never really mix in that way. It's like the placenta and the mother's blood and the yeah, baby's blood. Yeah. We never really mix, no matter how overlapping we seem. And so for us to take from it what would be good for us without judgment, that's the key thing. Often we get almost all the way there. It's like, okay, I've been overbearing, demanding that she heal or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And we take it back, ooh, I'm a bad person. And then guess what? We, we go off onto a side tangent of beating ourselves up. Yeah. We never really get the benefit, so it just repeats over and over and over again. Yeah, uh, just one more thing. Uh, if you copy this out as a disc, you may consider sending it to your sister because this would be a truly amazing thing to hear from her point of view. If we had her on, on line, what is the word? Uh, on the line, meaning telephone line, if we were talking to her, as right. well, we could do uh, a different level of this whole thing. So just consider, at least make copy of it for you. So that, I will, and yeah. I thank you for that suggestion. Sure, and then, then it, because this is uh, sometimes such alien thinking for we humans. I know when I find some kind of a teaching tape or something, and I'll run it through, and I'll go, oh yeah, that makes sense, and I'll run it through again, and I'll go, no, something's missing. Three, four, five, six, seven. Well, oh, there it is. I've got it. Can I, can... I know I've taken up a lot of your time, but That's can I ask all right. you one? Can I ask you one quick question? Sure. Uh, this alienation of people and this embracing of animals to the almost the point of oh, hoarding. Oh, sure. Yeah. Is she? That's normal. By by withdrawing and staying away, which is the only thing I can do at this point, is she falling in an abyss? Is she getting to the point where the only person she has to communicate with now is her husband? She has well, alienated everybody else, his family, her family, everyone, and now me. Well, uh, here's she's falling the, in a hole she's not going to get out of. Well, here, here's the thing. Number one is when we recognize we only have so much influence over another person, we realize there's nothing you can really do anyway. The more pursuit, you're just going to drive her into probably a, a bigger state of resistance. When every, it's like the kid that won't come out of his room to have his birthday cake because he's crying, come on, come on, he won't come, but as soon as everybody stops asking him to, then he comes out of the room. It's, it's kind of that situation. Now, you, 
rather than just retreating and withdrawing, you can still stay in her life and still offer her the healing, but from a completely different perspective. And I don't mean a healing, I mean just the kindness. From the place of understanding that she's obviously very scared, the fact that she's hoarding animals, Number one, if the animals are suffering, I think that is a whole other no, issue. No, that's okay. not the case. Okay, good. Okay. Um, the opposite is the case. Okay, okay. okay. That's, that's okay then. But I think that one of the things that you can do is just be there. Now, that's where if you guys fight and fight and fight and you no, go off like no, that. No, we don't do that. No. Okay. Well, if you'd had, that, that's like you're kind of gone. But the fact that you're saying, okay, I recognize that you are very afraid. People that that get far more close to animals tend to have fears, I'm not blanket state, stating this, but it's been my observation. Some people are down they to have plants. fears of humans because humans can well, be very cool. Well, always approve of everything you do. Yes, and humans never, rarely approve unless they want, I mean, it just seems that humans are very frightening. I've seen, uh, and so I think that that's a pretty safe bet, what I was saying earlier about her fear and her suspicion in general in life. So yeah. if you just remain available to her when she needs, she's never going to okay. consciously, willfully sink into an abyss. So I don't, I don't think that. Yeah, okay. A few more points in this is, first of all, her husband was assigned um, over a system of lifetimes that's rather extensive. At this point, they're in both directions, but don't necessarily have to. Uh, he agreed to do true angelic work on behalf of this woman true angelic work. He has done his level best again and again are. and again to see this um, upgrade happen for her. And she's recalcitrant and that's okay. And he won't run out of patience more than likely. I'm sure won't. they're teaching now, each well, other things. Yes, yeah, it would be back and forth. But I'm just saying that's a very important view to have of this situation. Another important view is oftentimes human beings get to the point where the only company they will allow themselves to have are animals because animals are safe. We've pointed this out. But people can demote that to um, plants. They won't even have animals around because the animal could pass away. And then they'll just have plants and that will be their only contact with other living things. And oftentimes that's you know going out in the woods and living basically alone in the cabin because that, that's their method of healing, that's their process well, right, by right. which and they'll they get, do that. But, but essentially your sister and all of us when we push people away is saying, prove to me that I'm lovable. Yeah. And then they'll, they're never going to be convinced yeah. until they finally get to the place where they see they're never going to be convinced by an external proof. And then they start opening the faucet of love within their own heart. And some people have to hit rock bottom and others don't. I choose more and yeah, more every day seen to see the divine through the eyes of the divine instead of the eyes down here. Yeah, and to see every one of us as a system of lifetimes, not yes, just this that's lifetime. A good point too. So that uh, this it's is the lifetime story. in which she's the alcoholic, for example, that is going to have to pass away from it, but doesn't have to because at any single moment we could make different decisions. And I understand our time for this segment is up, so. I uh, wanted to I'm thank sorry, you. I've taken okay. No, 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 no. Carol, Carol, no. thank you. You are yeah. helping many people. We loved the call. So yeah. Please do call in with that kind of thing. And again. definitely copy it out. Because I, I'm sure there's a, thousands of people out there that are going through something very similar. And we've yeah. all done, and we've all been there on both sides of that, even. Yeah. Well, while they're setting that shot up, uh, we had a question from Tom here in the audience. 
uh, about fear as a severe energy drain and uh, how to use crystals to redirect fear for better things. Oh, that's a good one. Just the idea, this is an aquamarine, uh, which is very lovely. It's good for the throat chakra and various things. But just holding a crystal, because it oscillates at a higher frequency, you're raising your frequency so you will see through the glasses of a higher vibrational frequency instead of the fear vibration. So very good question, Tom. Well, I just invented something here, which now is the Shiva Lingam and the Tesla coil. And I touched I them together. I that, actually. Yeah, I felt electricity going through me from this. Okay. Anyhow, we can talk about this okay. at another time. Shall we do the duck? Let's do the duck. Here come the duck. Here come the duck. David the duck, he's even dressed in duck colors today. He matches the duck. very ducky of you, David. I got openness. One thing I would like to say about openness, I'll let you get your card. Grace. Ah. Openness is your heart opening. Just feel it right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just feel the opening. Grace in my inner wisdom cards, I describe grace as the stillness between the push and the pull mm -hmm. of life. I find grace to be basically ineffable. The idea of the recognition of the vastness of it all and the fact that truly it is on our side, truly it is, mm. every bit of it. Nothing was ever done against you, not once, not ever. The wisdom, the, the evolution to recognize that, mm -hmm. very different story. Anyhow, if anybody has a Shiva at home and wants to, uh, this is a black Shiva. I've never seen one myself personally. I know we have the call one sec. But the Shiva Lingam comes out of the ground like this. And they do admit to polishing it so it's catching lights off the studio uh, lighting system. But it's an amazing rock. Crypto. Crystalline. Crypto crystalline. It's a very, very dense quartz. And they're usually not in black. They're usually in a series of grays and browns. They're very beautiful, so I think this is remarkable in its own way. And we have our caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Yes, hi. Uh, this is Karen. Karen, what can we do for you? Yes, I'd like to get a reading. Oh, sure. All right. Be happy to. Okay. Well, oh. Our first card here, Karen, is guilt. And we've talked about that. That's probably one of the more common themes that we talk about on this show is guilt and how it really is the fog that keeps you from getting the lesson, yeah. keeps you from getting the experience. Paralytic. And one of the beautiful things here is that it's not real, too. There's <clears> a beautiful blue sky with the flowers. And I feel like that's something you're working on, that there may have been something from your past that you feel and it's not being guilty, it's about that guilt consciousness, that like, like not having enough to buy our kids shoes when they're little, so then when they're older, we're constantly taking new shoes over to their house in that, in that out of time kind of thing, and, it, and that you're working on that. And now, through your own growth, you're able to share it. And this card does talk about sharing your feelings, like if there's an employer or somebody that you wish to say something to, this would be a good time to open up and really say how you feel. And if we tell our truth from the place of non-guilt, it comes out very beautifully and well-received. So that's a good thing. 
Now moving forward, the sharing and the inner voice, when we have all those guilts and fears and worries and doubts and regrets and everything cleared out of our consciousness, we hear our own higher self, our own inner wisdom, clear, like crystal clear water. And I feel that's talking about listening to that, but it's also saying that pay attention to some of the clear messages you're getting when you wake up in the morning, when you go for walks, like a lot of synchronicities, like feathers or birds or something I'm seeing around you. So pay attention to that and pay attention to what you're thinking when that happens too. Yeah. And um, just the Tesla coil, in case people have been wondering what this is, it's uh, Caduceus is constantly giving off a current. Uh, you can feel it. Um, I, I do a meditation like this with them, which uh, turns the blood into a much higher level of light goes through in your blood. And we have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi there. My name is Andrew. Hi, Mary. Hi, Neville. Hey, hey. Andrew. Good to hear from you. Right. Yeah. Too. Um, I'm actually sitting here with my 87-year-old grandmother, Josette. Hi. And she would like Josette. a reading from you, Mary. Oh, I'd be most she, happy um, to. She's had kind of a roller coaster of a year. She's had a couple major surgeries, but she is recovering Ooh. like Excellent. a rock star. <laughs> and she is um, looking forward to move out west, I think, to Las Vegas later this year. All right. Wow, so, Josette. Yeah, close, Wonderful. close to her um, her son. So um, she just wants to uh, get a reading from you. I'd be happy to. Okay, Thanks thank for you. calling. Bye -bye. So good to hear your voice. Of course. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, this is a card probably talking about things that you've been worried about. This is the card in the past position. And this deck shows the card um, like machinery. When we think of things over and over again, it starts they acting shred. like a paper shredder and it shreds our thoughts and everything. And so what you did, instead of letting that get you down, all the surgeries or whatever, just throughout your life, you decided, no, I'm not going to let that control me. I'm not going to fight against it either. I'm going to become in a state of grace and really relax. And I think this says a lot. I think it says, too, that it, you're able to keep uh, an equilibrium in the pH in your body, which is going to go a long way to keeping you very healthy and vital and energetic because you're not in that push and pull and fighting anymore with your own self, like more in the place of allowing. Now, the experiencing reminds me, I don't know if you remember the Odd Couple TV series, but Felix and Oscar, Felix went off into an ashram or something, a monastery where he couldn't talk, and you know Felix liked to talk a lot. And so he was telling um, Oscar, look, my hand moves like this. I didn't realize my hand, because he had so much time for contemplation. That's what I feel. You have such an ability to take your experiences from life, contemplate them, and turn them into miracles. And so it's very life-giving and affirming. And so I think moving forward, you may wish to start your memoirs or get a tape and start recording some of your experiences yeah. because I feel like they're filled with interesting things. I have a very One fast more. anecdote to put in there that I think will help. Uh, Gisette, wasn't it? Yes. Um, I was shot to death and then coming back to life, I was told that I would have 44 years left in my incarnation. And um, recently that sort of clocked out. And then I was um, in a dream told that I had been sentenced to another 22 years. So it took me a while to convert from that thought. Uh, and so the conversion occurred when it occurred to me that I'm about to begin a 22-year life. 
That's great. Yeah. I think we have time. So, well, just that I would do this enthusiastically because I start this life as an adult with full faculty ready to... Yeah, every moment is a rebirth. That's true. Yeah, we can yeah. look at it as a yeah, new opportunity. Yeah, just that fits in. Very good. So, yes. Yeah. That's great. And we have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name? Hello. Um, my name is Evelyn. Good evening, Mary and Neville. Hi. Good evening. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy that you took my call. Uh, I was calling today, Mary, for a reading. I've been in a tumultuous relationship for the past nine years, mm -hmm. and I've recently... Um, I don't know, you know, strength of my own, been able to get free of it. And I'm just concerned now about my future. Okay, and you said you've recently gotten free of it? Well, due to the fact that the person became ill. Okay, okay. Well, it's interesting because if you follow numerology, nine is always the, the completion place. Mm -hmm. But let's look at, look about this, at this in regards to you moving forward in, in this kind of way. One of the things that we tend to do when we are worried about other people's judgment, and that happens often within a relationship, is we lose our playfulness. And I think that energy is something that you're really looking to get back. It's not always that we're looking to escape or get away from another person. We're looking to find ourselves again. And that is really prevalent here. I think you are a very lighthearted, um, happy person. And then in the relationship, it, it was a compromise that just was not working. And here we got the rebirth card. We just were speaking of that. It's a time of being reborn. The camel represents the time we're led around and controlled, like children must be at times. And then we become adolescents and young adults, and we roar and fight and claim our territory. Then there's this time where it's like, I don't have to fight to become my independent self. I can be. I can allow myself to be. This is a very promising thing. Look at it as a, a rebirth, a new era of your life, filled with all kinds of possibilities, and they will show up. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, we have, okay. So uh, very interesting. I just noticed on the end of this thing that there's like a musical note that's in the mm. lighter brown on the end of it. Isn't that an interesting thought? Or at least that's the way I read the cipher. Yeah. That could be a number of things. But, um, Those really hold the warmth. Yeah. Uh, we're about to be at Ruby Tuesdays. Roll the R Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Two Circle. Minutes. If you're out and about and would like to join us, please do. Uh, we have a table there, and uh, you would be welcome to uh, join us. You know what? I, I just felt if, if there was somebody waiting to get a reading or if you didn't get through, I'd like to just show one more quick card, if that's all right. Mm -hmm. And it's the possibilities card. Um, this is about looking at the eagle's view, not being down in there in the trees and looking at it, but look at the larger picture here rather than seeing how this is affecting you right now. It may look like you're losing this job and oh, that's terrible, but when you look at the larger picture, it's like you wish to be out of there anyway and now you've got uh, severance to help wh while you look for a new job. Look for the blessing, look for the larger picture and don't get lost in the trees. One final thought on fear, which I have been meaning to mention sure. all show long, uh, is the idea that fear is the belief that you can be separate, but there is no possibility of being separate. Cannot been done, be done, it's never been done. Uh, but as soon as we believe it, we are highly manipulatable, and that's why you know advertisements are always about a lack of self-worth. Any advertisement you've ever seen is pitched at your lack of self-worth. I've never seen an exception to it, breakfast of champions, you're not a champion. 
you know, just name it, and it's a pitch at, at this idea that you can be separate. There's nobody who's not a champion. Could you please just relax? You know, this is it's our always, planet. It's Act always like love missing here. something for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any, yeah, fear, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So it is not possible to be separated from your divine. Well, the automatic writing is um, fear is love acted out in the paradigm of separation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I exactly. That from years ago, and I, so I agree with that. Has been telepathic TV, but you knew that, okay? It's our joy and honor to take you to the door. And you're going through it. Now so we're going to lift you, you up. Lift yes, you we up. Thank you.